Morning, everybody. I was kind of hoping my daughter was going to be here because uh, she gets embarrassed in the first bit of this session, but um, hopefully she'll come in just in time. Uh, it's, it's lovely to see you all uh, here this morning. Um, sometimes when I'm watching a film with my family, I'll be aware that Bessie is looking at me instead of the screen. I don't know if any other dads or mums have this experience. It happened last night when we were watching The Amazing Spider-Man 2, just when Emma Stone is about to kiss Andrew Garfield. Bessie says, are you going to cry, Dad? (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't, I promise, okay? She she just looks for this sign of weakness she thinks is coming, a a chink in the dad armour, the possibility that I might break my stiff upper lip. I was going to be getting my own back here and telling Bessie the next slide was the kiss, but it's not. You don't have to worry. It strikes me that it's really strange, actually, that we struggle with emotion. Emotions are bursting out of us all the time. That's perfect timing. That one's for you, Bessie, just so you know. (laughs) We, We struggle with emotions. They're bursting out of us all the time, and yet as adults... We try to cover them up. How crazy is that to try and cover up emotions that are inbuilt in us and that are part of what make us? Worse still, we teach kids, like you kids in the room today, that to be grown up, you have to hide your emotions, to manage them, to keep them under wraps, not to show them, to the point where my daughter will look at me and look for that chink of emotion that's coming out of me. Just think about that for a minute. How crazy is it to cover up emotions as we become adults when they are a part of what's baked into us, into the creation that God's made in us? I thought it might be helpful to think about emotions, so I'm going to get you to shout out uh, some of the emotions that, as adults, we might tell you kids you have to hide. So I'm going with, uh, with Apple emojis today. Does anybody know what emotion that is supposed to Preferably from a kid. A big kid or a little kid? Yeah, go. Angry. That's exactly right. That is anger. What about that one? Sad. That's a big kid on the front row. <laughs> right, you're going to have to get in quick, kids, if you want to get these in. Shock or surprise? Yeah, scared or fear. Very good. Go on then, go again. Happy. That's an easy one, isn't it? What about that one? Rude, gross, any disgust is what that one is defined as, not by Apple, but by whatever Google site I was on. There's one missing. If you look at the, the, if you Google seven emotions that humans are supposed to have, and I reckon there's a low bore than seven, by the way, but the seven that, that most people think human, human activity is on, there's one missing on this, um, and it's that one, and it's in the story of David. David is the king of Israel, and he's got a job of recovering the Ark of the Covenant, which has been stolen by the Philistines. 
and he has to return it to Jerusalem, the capital city of God's people, the city that's called the city of David. Now, the Ark of the Covenant is really precious. It's made of solid gold, and more importantly, it's the symbolic place where God meets man. So as the first king of Israel, anointed by God, it was very important to David to bring this back to Jerusalem and to all the Israelites. So they're excited as it arrives back in Jerusalem. David is certainly not embarrassed. He certainly doesn't hide his emotions, but he dances with all his might before the Lord. Earlier we're told that they travelled along returning with the ark and they were celebrating with castanets, harps, probably not the same size as the ones that some people play here, uh, lyres, tambourines, rattles and cymbals. So there's a lot of noise. You just can't imagine what was going on as they walked in front of the ark back to back to Jerusalem. But the emotion that I want to think you, uh, you to think about is not David's joy and the people's joy and the priest's joy, but this one. Can anybody think what this is? It's not sorry, it's contempt. It's like, oh. Okay. We're in a linen ephod. David was dancing before the Lord with all his might while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets and all those instruments that we heard about. Michael, David's wife, was watching from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing, she despised him in her heart. She felt contempt towards him. Why? Anybody think why? Any of the younger ones think why she might be feeling contempt towards him for dancing. John? So embarrassment? It is embarrassing. David was dad dancing. (laughs) He was doing exactly what she didn't want him to do in front of people. She was the, the daughter of King Saul. She wanted a husband who was clearly head and shoulders above the people and who would behave in a way that was expected of people in that position. Do you think there was any other emotion that she was feeling? Yeah, so she was upset because he let his emotions out. I wonder if, I just wonder if there was a little bit of jealousy in her at the time when she saw him because he was showing all this emotion for something that was important to him and it wasn't her. It was the Ark of the Covenant, a thing of God that was returning to Jerusalem. My message today is don't hide your emotion when it comes to God or in your life. It shows what's important. If you get emotional about something, whatever that emotion is, and I know we have to control them in certain circumstances, but we're we're far too good at controlling them as British people. You know, if if we control our emotions to the point where people can't see how things are affecting us, particularly the things of God, then they won't know what's important in our life. Or they won't think this, they won't think God, they won't think Jesus is important in our lives. So don't hide your emotion. Never apologise for being sensitive or emotional. Let this be a sign that you've got a big heart and you aren't afraid to let others see it. Showing your emotion is actually a sign of strength. Before we sing together our first hymn, we're just going to uh, say a prayer to start our service. Father, I know that you bring us all here 
whenever we come. You call us to you and to your son Jesus. And you ask us to remember everything you have done for us. And we come here with really very different feelings inside us, very different emotions. Some of us are scared. Some of us are very sad. Some of us are full of joy and happiness. We are just full of emotions because you made us that way, Lord. Father, I pray that you will help us to understand that we can share those with everyone around us and with you. I pray that you'll help us to be open, to be easily readable by other people so that they can see that you and your lovely son Jesus are important to us. Help us to focus on him. Help us to put the other things that worry us and that concern us, all the noise in our lives. Help us to put those down for a moment and concentrate on your lovely son Jesus. Amen. If you'll stand, we're going to sing When the Music Fades, All is Stripped Away. And the main reason is that it talks about God and Jesus looking into our hearts and coming back to the heart of worship. That's got to be the emotional centre of our lives, hasn't it? And it's all about you, Jesus. What a contrasting set of emotions, though, between a wedding and a funeral. It's what struck me this week when I was thinking about the theme for today, that as a family at the Bethel, we're sharing such happy news about Emily's forthcoming baptism and other news as well, and sad news of Philip's passing away earlier this week. How are we all supposed to process that, cope with conflicting emotions and continue to concentrate on God's love for us in Jesus? More importantly, how are Sheila and Debbie and Liz and Paul and Richard and all their families who are here um, supposed to behave in their grief? Do you need this a bit louder? Okay, I'll put it a bit closer. How are they supposed to behave? How are we supposed to react? To me, the clue is in what we just talked about, the fact that we're created with feelings and emotions and we must be allowed to let them surface if we want them to. It's horrible to watch someone suffering. It's even more horrible to be the one who's grieving. But without any emotions that were welling up inside us, how would we develop empathy for each other? There'd be absolutely no way to carry the load in times of distress for other people if we didn't understand because we didn't share those emotions and we didn't feel those emotions. Or even to share in times of joy and happiness. How would we empathise with that? How would we join in? How would we become part of that joy? The funeral that I took was my brother-in-law's mum. I remember watching his dad as Neil Diamond's voice crowed out his mum's favourite, Sweet Caroline. And there was this, he was sitting in the road just in front of me, and there was this surge of emotion that came through him. And he cried out. Derek is a private sort of chap and wouldn't have wanted to share his emotions particularly. But the pain that he felt at that moment and the experience of all that emotion welling up inside him just came out as a noise. And you just kind of, 
your body fills, doesn't it, with empathy for that person. You want to hug them. You want to reach out to them. You want to find a way to take that pain away. But actually, there's nothing that takes it away at that time. And I remember talking to my mum many years before, probably 30 years before, when her dad died. She was a nurse, and she cared for him at his home while he passed away. And when he was at peace, they called for the doctor, but mum didn't wait for him to come. Her last act of care for him was to lay his body out, to go through the process of washing him and preparing him for burial in his bed, in his home, with his wife, her mum, together. It's not something many people would want to do or be prepared to do or capable of doing for their dad. But for mum, that was the final intimate act of caring that she could offer to her dad. And I know she cried all the way through, but who cares? I share this with you because I want you to think about the challenges that come with hiding emotions. And the message that I was trying to get over when the kids were in here about allowing them to show, it allows us to witness to what is really important to us if we are emotional. I want you to think about that as we sing the words of the next song, which I chose because it was my grandpa's favourite. It used to be number 48 in the old black hymn book. If you want your whole being to proclaim God, you better get ready to show your emotions. We're going to, uh, in a moment, we're going we're gonna to have a prayer and then we're going to sing the song, Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord. Um, is Mike still here? Or has he popped out? No, he is here. Mike, are you okay just playing under the prayer on this song, please, um, before we sing together? I can remember one of the first times I came to an Old Trafford uh, Fellowship weekend. I was, we, were, we had a prayer and somebody was playing music underneath it and it really grated with me in some way i just thought well that's really weird why are they playing still when there's a prayer on but actually sometimes it's hard to listen to a prayer sometimes it's hard to take in all the words sometimes you don't like listening to the voice that you're hearing and uh, and i think if you know the the words of this song and i'll put them up in a moment um, and you have things on your heart and your mind while we're saying this prayer then you can include them you can it's your time with god not just mine so let's say a prayer Father, we're not coming back to speak to you because you are here and you promise us that where we gather together like this, you and your son join us and make your home with us. But we're focused on you and asking you for your care and your blessing on people. we'd love for you to reach out your loving arms around the whole extended Sykes family Sheila in particular and those that have lost their love their loved one Philip it's been an incredibly difficult time these last two or three years and Philip has somehow managed to be both strong and happy despite everything that he was going through and just to see the family here today father is a is a witness to the love that they have for him but also the confidence they have in you that you will reunite them 
Father, I pray that you'll be with them. Be with all of us who suffer loss and struggle with bereavement and ill health. Steve went through loads of plans in his announcements and we're excited about things that are coming up. And we pray, Lord, that you'll be with us and all of those that put effort into these things so that they can see the seed growing, see your work being done. And we're especially excited that next Sunday we have the opportunity to share in Emily witnessing her love for you. Father, be with her this week. Be with her forever, but be with her this week as she prepares for it and be with her family and help them to enjoy the experience of this time. Help us all to be encouraged and to re-emphasize our own faith to re-invoke the love that we had for you when we were first baptised and help us to show Emily that she is part of our family your family continue to support her wherever she is and help her to grow in you help us all to grow Father we pray all the time with Jesus in mind because you've given him to us to show us your love for us so help us to keep him at the centre of all we do Amen I nearly had 10,000 reasons um, again today but I realised when I was looking back that I've used it in every service in 2017 and 2018 10,000 reasons for my heart to find all God's goodness and all God's kindness. But the words are relevant here. The prayer in that song is that in every state we find ourselves in, that Jesus will help us be singing when the evening comes. Whether grieving or celebrating our new baptism or David and Lizzie's new baby, or bemoaning the summer weather fail this year that, you know, it stopped the day the kids went off school. Um, excited about the back-to-school routine. Pleased or worried by exam grades. Excited or petrified about new universities, new jobs, new phases of life. Whatever emotional state we find ourselves in, we need to be singing when the evening comes. And that's the prayer in that song. Jesus gives us the emotional strength to do what we know we should be doing, to praise God for all he has done. We read from about David earlier on, um, coming back into Jerusalem, and about Michael and their two contrasting emotions. And it's not just them, you know. The, the Bible's full of examples of people who expressed emotions. I don't think I'm resting scriptures to get here. Jonah's shipmates wept and prayed to their gods. Peter, when sinking in the water at that time of his kind of utmost faith, when he starts to lose it, he cries out, Lord, save me. We can identify with that, can't we? That fear that those people experienced. It's human nature. 
Judas, after betraying Jesus, was seized with remorse, that we read. Mary Magdalene at the feet of Jesus in, in the Pharisee's home, weeping and kissing and washing Jesus' feet in that anointing thing. But she was filled with remorse for what she had been. Peter, after his denial, went outside and we read he wept bitterly. We can empathise with that, can't we? Joseph, deeply moved by seeing his brother Benjamin again after many years of him being in Egypt. It says he went into a private room and wept. It turned out not to be so private because it got into the Bible and millions of people have read about it afterwards. Mary Magdalene, when she sees her risen Lord Jesus in the garden, crying, she shouts, Rabboni! We remember that every week here, don't we? That episode, all the emotion that's wrapped up in it, all the tension and fear and excitement and potential and hope and everything that's wrapped up in Jesus, we remember here. And it's supposed to affect us. Joseph, on the death of his father Jacob, threw himself on his body and wept. Ruth, when she realised that Naomi was leaving for good to go back to her homeland, wept aloud and clung to her. You can't make it more obvious you don't want someone to leave, can you? To be crying aloud and clinging on to someone. That, that witnesses to the love that you've got for them, doesn't it? Do we feel some of this emotion now? Does this really all matter to us? It's called the passion for a reason. It's meant to invoke an emotional reaction, I believe. This meal is meant to do the same. It's not a remembrance in some, you know, distant and ethereal and uh, head knowledgey kind of way that we've listed out in our mind all the things that matter about Jesus dying and being risen again. It's meant to remind us of the emotions that went on at the time. Peter throwing a sword at the guy's ear and chopping it off. Judas realising what he'd done wrong and throwing the coins back on the, the floor. The, the priests in the temple realising that they couldn't use this money for anything else and panicking about what they'd done or what they did with the money. About the loss, the sense of fear that was in the disciples, about the distress that Mary felt as she walked through that garden, the excitement that she felt when she suddenly realised that it was her living Lord that she ran off to tell all her friends. It's meant to invoke a reaction. Jesus wasn't immune from emotion, was he? Confronted by grief at the loss of his cousin Lazarus, he wept. On seeing the money changers in the temple, he whipped them. He made his own whip and whipped them and chased them out of the place and threw over their tables. Even his disciples recognised his zeal for his father's house. And ultimately, when he was put to death on the cross, he didn't go quietly. He didn't disappear with a whisper. He may have known this was coming for all of his life. He may have understood the importance of his death and his resurrection, but he didn't go quietly. He cried out with a loud voice, invoking a prophetic psalm. God is crying out with a loud voice to us too. Through this whole book, 
and the emotional stories that it tells. He tells us that we're made in his image. It's not just the way we look, is it? It's everything about us. God made us full of emotion because he is. He's shouting to get through the soundproofing of our daily lives. And he's crying out that he's passionately in love with us, that he has a purpose for us, and he wants us to react in a real and full and emotional response to show that we love him too. That's our witness to him. We're going to share this meal in a moment not just remembering a historic fact or a moment in time that passed and had a relevance but doesn't anymore, but remembering the death and resurrection of a risen Lord, a human being who had all of our emotions, was surrounded by people who experienced loss and experienced the ultimate joy of seeing him again. Malcolm, will you come and pray, please? Dear Father, we thank you for for your love we thank you for this symbol of love Lord the bread that is on this table is such a simple thing and it reminds us of your the depth of emotion that you have for each one of us in this room Lord it's as well as a simple thing, it's a universal thing that people around the world are eating and sharing different sorts of bread, flat and round and all sorts of different shapes, some with bits in it and some plain. It's so powerful that it reminds us that we are like this too, all sorts of different people with different bits and different emotions. And you care for each one of us and you want us to be part of your family. Lord, help us to receive the love that you, you give to us this day as we eat this bread and pass it from hand to hand. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before Alex gives us a prayer and we drink wine together, let's sing this prayer together that is a shout of shout for help from Jesus that we will be led towards him. Stay seated. God of love, thank you for this reminder of the blood poured out, demonstrating that love that you have for us, that love that Jesus had for us and Lord I pray as someone who has never really worn my heart on my sleeve that as we are reminded of your love that as we share together you will break down our barriers the walls that we build to hold in our emotions and Lord help us to as we share this symbol of your love able to hold a mirror up to us so we can truly evaluate what really matters that we can be honest with ourselves to see where our priorities truly lie but also that we will have open hearts for you to work with 
that this small symbol will remind us of the new wine of the kingdom which you promise that we long for that we hope will come soon to fill the earth with your glory Lord we pray because of what Jesus has done for us Amen It takes more than a Spider-Man kiss to make me cry but um, I do sometimes sometimes when I'm watching something on telly so Bessie has seen the chink in the armour before and uh, I kind of wish that she'd seen more of it really and that, that it wasn't such a surprise my sense is that we're all a little bit repressed when it comes to emotions I might be wrong I might be <coughs> judging you badly um, and there is something about you know controlling our emotions anger um, vitriol don't need to pour out of us at every moment whenever we feel them so I'm not really saying that we just have to have no limiters on what we do but my sense is and I, as I say I might be wrong it's certainly true for me that we need to be more willing to show our sensitive side to show the emotions that really drive us and maybe actually it will help us to witness you remember we talked about um, just going to whiz through to this last thing we'll come back to that song we talked about Ruth um, clinging on, weeping and clinging on to Naomi as she realised that she was leaving for good well of course that isn't the end of the story Ruth did go back with Naomi unlike Orpah and she did find her place in that society I think it's a really strong image um, of a woman making a real commitment and it's something we we might want to leave with today the emotion and genuine love that was she was showing, not just at the time when she clung on to to Naomi, but when she got back to Naomi's homeland, was visible to all of those around her. Boaz says in Ruth 2, I've been told all about what you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. So it wasn't difficult for people to see how important Naomi was in Ruth's life. It was easy for them to see how important Naomi was in Ruth's life as she arrived in this homeland. And it was part of the reason, this explanation from Boaz, is part of the reason why her kinsman, Boaz, noticed her and redeemed her. And I think if you take that picture away for yourself... You know, the emotional reaction that we have, if we are willing to cling on to our loving Lord Jesus, then we will be redeemed. We're going to sing about this mainly because I like these verses which allude to David's bit. I feel like dancing, it's foolishness, I know. But it's, I could sing of your love forever. Over the mountains and the sea, your river runs with love for me, and I will open up my heart and let the healer set me free after which uh, Richard's going to close in prayer for us. Lord Jesus, we read the Gospels, we hear those stories about your life and see how honest you were about your emotions. 
your honesty with your Father in heaven, with your disciples, with the people who witnessed your teaching and your miracles, your wrath and your righteous anger, your patience, your tenderness, your empathy for those grieving lost loved ones, your frustration at human stubbornness and our lack of perception about eternal things, your fear and your anguish, your exhaustion, it's finished. And in that life of emotional honesty, that life of real empathy, you are our example and our saviour. So my prayer this morning is that we'll leave a bit braver, a bit more courageous, a bit more willing to be honest with each other and with our Father in heaven, a bit more empathetic to the feelings of others. And as we persist with your help, I pray that you will lead us faithfully into your kingdom when all our emotions, grief and joy, will be wrapped up together in an eternal life with you and our Father in heaven. Amen.